This week on Jesus Center Stage, we talk about the state of the church and where or if Jesus fits in to what the church is doing today. Hey guys, uh, welcome to Jesus Center Stage this week. We're doing something just a little bit different, but I think you're going to enjoy it. Um, it's been a few months ago now that I had an opportunity to uh, be interviewed by a gentleman in South Africa for their podcast. Um, they were doing a series where they um, was just talking about where Jesus is at in the modern day church. And, you know, through the teaching and the preaching, the uh, the activities and, and everything that goes on in church, just where is Jesus at in it now and, and is Jesus even in it? Um, and uh, I felt like we had a, a, a nice interview and uh, uh, he's been, uh, the gentleman's name is Lance Pepler and I encourage you to check out their uh, page. It's uh, Truth is the Word. Uh, they have a podcast there. They have some uh, some content there on their on their. Uh, uh, web page I kept I automatically just want to go to Facebook uh, but uh, you can check them out there also but uh, we had a we had a good uh, sit down it was like 5 a.m. here um, our time and of course I think it's like you know midday over there uh, so it was bright and early uh, you might hear that in my voice in this interview but uh, it, it was interesting to kind of see the perspectives that whether you're here in America whether you're there in South Africa uh, there's a lot of uh, the same issues with the with the church nowadays, and um, we just got to really stay on this and and make it an effort, a very conscious effort, to make sure we keep Jesus at the center of the church. Because um, you know, the further away we drift from Him, the less the church is the church, and it's just a gathering place. Uh, so, with all that being said, we're going to go ahead and get to this interview and. Um, and hope you enjoy it. This is with uh, Lance Pepler from South Africa. So, Shane, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you for getting up. Thank you for getting up so early. It, it's five o'clock in the morning your time. So, thank you very much for that. Yes, sir. It's uh, it's it's really early, but uh, as as I had said, it, it's uh, it's it's great. Anytime you can get up and talk about Jesus, it's worth getting up a little bit earlier. Wonderful. So can we start, Shane, um, by me asking you, how did you become a believer? How, how did you find out about Jesus and, and start to learn to love and serve him? Uh, yeah, uh, my, my story, I guess, of, you know, how I become a believer is, is uh, to, to me, I feel like it's a little different than, than a lot, but I was later in life, um, uh, you know, I, I say that, you know, a lot of people come, become believers really late in life, but I was just over 40 um, and had had lived most of my life um, just, you know, just uh, doing what I thought made me a good person. And I was really not very um, knowledgeable about the Bible, about Jesus. Um, and, and I've told this story uh, at our church before that you know, even at that age of, of close to 40 years old, uh, we celebrated, you know, uh, the Easter holiday every year. Uh, but it wasn't until I really started to seek after, uh, you know, Jesus and knowing him that I, that I even understood what we were celebrating. Mm. Um, 
and you know, after after learning that it was about the death, the burial, and resurrection, I, I really wondered how how I'd missed that my whole life. It seemed so, you know, obvious uh, <laughs> of a holiday they they celebrate every every time. But you know, a lot of times people will have some kind of major event, uh, a tragedy, or something that that really brings them to the Lord. But I I really didn't. I just I came to a place uh, in life that things seemed to be going well. And, um, but I just started feeling that a desire, uh, to, to know more about this, you know, this man named Jesus. Mm. And, uh, so, you know, I, I would, I would be on social media and, and see, see, you know, people would put little things on about, you know, a Bible verse or something. And it kind of just piqued my interest. And, um, at 40 years old, I did not even own a Bible. Um, so I was, I kind of just, as I said, just kind of really became compelled to, to know more about him. And, uh, so I, I started, you know, studying and, and of course, looking on Google, like we all do. <laughs> and, uh, um, just kept getting deeper and deeper into, into that desire to know him. And, uh, finally I, I broke down and went and bought me a, a, a Bible and started reading. And, uh, it was, it started becoming more and more evident of to me that I, I needed a savior. Um, uh, all my, all my life, I had never, never realized that I never knew, uh, you know, just the penalty that I was under, uh, for, for, you know, the life that I had led. And, uh, so, so like really through no major events, I, I started seeking to, to know Jesus. I didn't know what it meant to be saved. I can remember, uh, sending out text messages to to people that I knew went to church and asking them, you know, what I needed to do to get saved. I didn't know if I needed to make an appointment with a, with a, a pastor of a church or, <laughs> or, you know, sign something or what. I didn't know. And, you know, of course, people would, would tell me, you know, you just need to uh, talk with, with the Lord. And uh, I didn't quite understand that. So I started visiting some churches and, uh, and the deeper into the churches, you know, the, the, the reading of the scripture and the, and hearing the sermons, it finally clicked one day that, that it was just about, you know, confessing my sins and, and, um, accepting Jesus as the Lord of my life. And so I, I did that and, um, and I've never looked back since I've, uh, like I said, I, I believe one, once I really came to that realization that, that I was a sinner, no matter that, you know, the people around me might've said, you know, Hey, he's a pretty good guy. Um, but once I realized that, that in the eyes of God, I had sinned against him and, and there was no way out, uh, other than through Jesus that, um, that I really just wanted to, to know him more and more. And, and once I made that confession and, and once I, you know, uh, accepted him as Lord of my life, I, um, I just knew that, that that was the right thing to have done and that, uh, that I need to live every day of my life thankful for what he, you know, made available to me. So, uh, and that's been, uh, about eight years ago. And I've, I've, uh, like I said, I've never, never looked back because I, I've never forgotten, uh, just, you know, what he brought me out of. That's wonderful, Shane. Uh, so thank you for that. Now, part of the, the podcast series Captivated by Jesus is obviously, it, well, the total thing is looking at Jesus. 
But if you ask people, um, then they can give an intellectual, uh, you know, uh, they can talk intellectually about Jesus, just like you have, you know, that he is the savior of the world and we need to, you know, come to him for um, salvation, that sort of thing. But what we're trying to do is dig down a little bit deeper and go to the heart, which is a lot more difficult than the head, uh, I find. And so I wanted to ask you, Shane, during your, you know, your eight years, your relationship with, with Jesus, what do, what do you think of Jesus now? Do you think of him still as an, in the intellectual space or have you grown to actually love Jesus? And how does that look from an emotional perspective, you know, from a heart perspective for you? Yeah, I've, I've definitely uh, have uh, grown to love him and, and love him more, you know, more and more every day. Um, every day, I believe it becomes more evident to me um, uh, of just, you know, how good he's been to me and, and the, the cost of what salvation was. So, uh, yeah, it draws, draws you into a deeper, a deeper relationship with him. You know, intellectually, there, there's so much evidence uh, of Jesus that it's undeniable, both, um, you know, biblical accounts and secular accounts, uh, both prove that Jesus was here and, and that, that he, he was who he said he was, that he did what he said he did. And, uh, of course, if we, if we look at, at Scripture throughout the Old Testament, um, the prophecies that were fulfilled uh, through him and, you know, how he got here, um, uh, and, and how he left here, um, both, you know, they convinced my intellect that, that he is who he said he is. Um, and you, you think one little example that I, I really love to, to share because nobody can have an argument about it, whether they're atheist or anything is the whole world counts time by Jesus. Uh, you've got, you've got BC <laughs> before Christ. And then of course, uh, AD, which translates into, you know, the year of our Lord. So no matter where you're at in the whole world, uh, your, your, whatever year it is, you're counting it by that day. And, uh, so when you look at the, the intellectual sides of it, uh, there's just so much, uh, evidence out there, but, um, I kind of I kind of think of that the scriptures in uh, in the Gospel of John, in that uh, fifth chapter there, and Jesus tells them that they search the scriptures uh, because they think in the scriptures they'll have eternal life, uh, but it says in these it testifies of me, uh, you, you know. So that he's talking to to the religious people of that time that that they've ser they're searching these scriptures uh, because they think, but by knowing the scriptures that, you know, that they have eternal life, but that they're actually speaking of Jesus, but they've missed that part. And I think, I think that's kind of the intellectual part is, is they, they searched the scriptures and their intellect knew that he was, he was coming and knew the Messiah, but that because their hearts weren't open to it, they, they've missed that, that mark. So, you know, we can be very intellectually, um, you know, understanding of who Jesus is, but without the emotional and without, you know, the connection there through the relationships, it's, it's not what salvation is. Um, so, you know, 
because Jesus, it, it, in the intellectual side of me, because he he was who he said he was, he did what he said he did. Now I can fully believe, you know, that that he loved me, that that everything that that he did was for me in a very personal way, and it's it's those kinds of thoughts that I guess would um, would connect my emotions into it and and open that relationship that that we come to know him as as a personal savior. Um, so many things through the scriptures, you know, in, in our New Testament through the Gospels, and we can see how when when Jesus encountered someone, it was it was a very personal experience to them. You, you know, the the times we see that he healed uh, someone or or he fed someone, uh, in most circumstances, it was a very personal uh, experience uh, to to that one particular person, and so you know, through his word and through our intellect is how we get to know him. But uh, as I was saying earlier about salvation, I, I think the more that we kind of get to know intellectually who he is, um, it opens up for us to be thankful that that we can know him on an intimate level and, and know him as a personal savior. Uh, it isn't just, uh, you know, like a uh, uh, the president or a CEO of a big company who takes care of a whole group of people, but doesn't really know each individual one, but that he, he is an individual, uh, personal, uh, savior. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I've really enjoyed about the chosen and, you know, I, you could say different things about it, but one of the things that has really made clear to me is how Jesus is represented in a way and that you can you can see and love him and the best parts of the chosen I don't know if you've watched the series but is when you encounter the you know the emotions of Jesus and how he reaches out to people and that really almost brings me to tears at some points because you you get an yeah. insight into Jesus that's not necessarily like intellectually but then you know you can see his love you can see how, how he engages and Shane we well, yeah. we love that that show. We we are uh, we haven't completed the second season of it yet, but uh, yeah, it is it's made things like you said so personal. Uh, yeah, so I I, I fully agree. <laughs> um, Shane, part of the series as well is looking at the church and Jesus's relationship to the church because you know the church is the bride of Christ. And I'm going to like go in that direction now in the interview and ask you, hopefully will be an easy question to begin with. Um, what do you believe Jesus's role is in the church um, as a whole? You know, where does he, where, where is he in the church? Is he the head of the church? Is, you know, what, what role does he play in the church? I think, um, as Jesus, as his role in the local church, um, I believe that, you know, that role has been, has been fully fulfilled by him, uh, in that, that he is the foundation, you know, you know, that rock solid, uh, foundation that, that every, every church has to be built on. Uh, we talk, you know, the, the local church, I, I, I'm not familiar obviously with, with your area, uh, here in, in where we're from in the United States, 
there's there's no shortages of church buildings. Um, so there there's a you know there's a church almost on every corner it seems like. Yeah. But um, you know no matter w which building it is that the the role of Jesus within that church is is the foundation uh, that everything else has to be built on. Um, you know, we, we see in, um, I couldn't tell you the chapter, but I believe it's in Leviticus where the sons of Aaron, uh, bring forth a strange fire. And, uh, of course it, it did not please God that they brought forth the, you know, a strange fire. And when, when we look at the local church, there's, there can be sometimes, a a, a false foundation there. And, um, uh, and those churches are then built on, you know, on sand and, and will, will definitely fall and, and not stand the test of time and, and not, you know, withhold in the storm, but Jesus is rolled of just being that foundation and, you know, that cornerstone of, of not only the, the church, uh, you know, the church body, uh, through, you know, of believers, but also the, that cornerstone of each individual local church is, uh, I believe, like I said, he fulfilled his part. Mm. He, he, he's done everything that, that he had to do to, to give that, that solid foundation. Um, and each, each church now has, has to remember that and to build everything that they build within that church, uh, you know, from a spiritual standpoint needs to be built on that foundation. So I, I guess, you know, to kind of, to make that, that, answer a little bit shorter I, I just think jesus's role in the church is is uh the foundation mm. of of everything that that the church does yes uh, uh and not to lead you in the conversation at all but i i think i feel the same way that you were saying like some churches are and some churches aren't and those churches are you know built on thinking sand, like you said. Um, and I, I want to ask you, you know, your experience of your church, and, and in a way, the church in the universal church, because our church in South Africa is the same as the church in Wales. I've interviewed someone in Wales and interviewed someone in Vancouver. And now this is my first interview with someone in, in the United States. So the, the church is pretty similar universally. Do you think I suppose, do you think that Jesus is prominent and is highlighted and is is sent, is fixated and focused on enough in the church in general? Um, no, <laughs> I, I, I really don't. And, and I don't, uh, you know, when we look at who he is, I, I don't know that, that we're, we will ever reach a point where we say we have focused enough on him. Uh, you know, or placed him high enough because I, I think, you know, we, we, we will never get there to that point, but um, yeah, in, in general, you know, because of, of, of social media and, and I guess just uh, the internet in general, um, we can see now things around the world that we used to couldn't see. And oftentimes, you know, from here uh, in America, uh, I see churches in, in other countries and in other little smaller, you know, countries, and they really seem to be more passionate 
uh, more Jesus focused uh, in in their worship and and in the way that they pursue uh, after Him. Now that could just be, um, you know, that could just be what what it appears to be. And maybe if you actually get in, into those churches, uh, it might seem different. But um, not not to sound too um, you know negative, I guess. But in, here here in America, it does seem that that the focus oftentimes is not nearly on Jesus uh, as much as it, you know, as it should be. Um, I believe a lot of times we see churches focusing uh, more on what will get people into the church. Yeah. Uh, more, more so than what will get people into heaven is uh, it seems to be the focus a lot of times. And um, you, you mentioned uh, at the, at the beginning, some of the, the features that we have on our podcast. And one is we, we enjoy going out and witnessing uh, on the streets, but it's really surprising that uh, the, the amount of people that you meet that will say they've attended church their whole lives, they, you know, they go every Sunday, those kinds of things. But if you ask them to explain the gospel, there's many of them that can't. Um, a large number that that really could can't explain the the death, the burial, the resurrection, and what uh, you know what it did for us. Uh, just the the simple basics of the gospel, and uh, and that's one reason we're driven to go out and and to witness is is because so many people feel that because they're going to church that they're saved and that they're everything is good but they really have no idea of, of what Jesus did or who he was. Uh, but I do, I think that's a product of churches, uh, being focused a lot on activities, um, and, and entertainment, uh, those kinds of things and, and not having the focus on, on Jesus himself and, and the, in the, you know, the gospel that saves, um, and, you know, that's our experience, uh, here is it's, you know, I said earlier, there's, there's churches all around us, uh, but you have to be really, really diligent in, in seeking to find one that takes the gospel serious. Yeah, no, and, and I agree with you. And part of this, the series is, is asking difficult questions that I'm going to ask you now, Shane. Um, and they aren't, you know, specific answers. And maybe, you know, we we investigating and exploring these answers together in a way. But the, the first one would be, you know, what do you think would happen to the church and to our society in ge- as well if, if a lot of churches really, really did focus on Jesus? And, and you mentioned making Jesus, you know, the center of the worship, the center of the service, the center of the preaching, the center of whatever happens in the church. Do you think, what do you think would happen? Do you think there would be a revolutionary, uh, you know, something revolutionary in the church or do you think the church would remain the same? Do you have any thoughts on that at all? Um, I, I would think possibly in the beginning, uh, if, if the church has really changed and, and truly made Jesus the center, the focus, uh, it might uh, the first thing we might see is a lot of people might leave uh, because they've become so so uh, used to the entertainment uh, and the the light-hearted worship and and those the kind of worship and, and the kind of preaching that doesn't 
push you, uh, you know, in your spiritual life and to, to guide you, um, it, it would probably scare a lot of people <laughs> to, yes, to, yes. to, to, to encounter that. Uh, but I think ultimately, um, that it would, I think it would change the way people live on Monday and on Tuesday and on Wednesday in between the church services. Um, if, if, if we made Jesus that center of, of the focus of the church that, you, you know, a lot of times, uh, it, we, we come to church on a Sunday and, and we, you know, put, we put on our best behavior and we put on our best worship, but then on Monday and Tuesday, we're, we're, you know, it's hard to distinguish who's a believer and who isn't. Mm. Um, but I think if the church really took that time and, and focused on Jesus, kept him at the center of, of everything that went on, uh, I believe, you know, we'd see, uh, you know, transformations of, of the lives of the believers, of those who attend, uh, they wouldn't walk out feeling that they had been entertained for a while, but maybe they would walk out with conviction, uh, walk out with a burden for the lost and, and walk out with, with the mind of Christ, uh, which, you know, we, we should all have, uh, as believers. Um, I think that would be, that would, to me, I think would be one big change is that that the days in between church services would probably change for for everyone who is experiencing this kind of this kind of worship. Uh, that it wouldn't be a few hours of worship and then we go on about our lives, but it would be a few hours of worship that we would want to continue uh, throughout you know throughout our whole week. Yeah, absolutely. And Shane, interestingly, uh, I, when I interviewed the, the pastor from Wales, he said that he actually got into trouble when he preached too much about Jesus. And I think that's what you were saying there, is that, you know, people are too challenged. And so, you know, people would leave. And so I agree with you. Uh, and then I was discussing with my wife the other day about, you know, that a church needs to be full with people on fire with Jesus. And there is a responsibility for you and me, you know, to to be to know Jesus and to experience Jesus. But I I agree with you. It it maybe the 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 chicken and the egg situation. Maybe the the cat the thing that ignites people is the church in some way. So if you if you went into a vibrant church that was like really leaning in and worship, seeking Jesus and the preaching. That I agree with you, it would be so much easier from Monday to Saturday. And then it would be almost like, you know, a spiral effect as, as the people in the church experienced and leaned in during the week, that it would, would raise the, the church service and the, the, the coming together, you know, of believers on a Sunday, which would then inspire people to, you know, be more, more engaged with Jesus during the week. And, and possibly it would would escalate or uh, maybe I, uh, maybe I, I would hope that it would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely, I mean, I think you, you can't underestimate the power of conviction um, at, at how it would, you know, change your daily walk and uh, the way that you think. And, but conviction, you know, really it comes with, with knowing God. 
and and knowing you know when we look in uh, uh back in the book of isaiah and uh when he's talking about that that he's seen the lord and you know the the angels were there uh crying out holy 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 and just you know he said i'm i'm a man of unclean lips and i you know basically he was just saying i don't deserve to live when he's seen the holiness of god and and the the way that the angels praised him and and he's seen a, a real glimpse of who god is and then he's seen a a a reality of who he was and as i you know as the scripture said he, he said i'm a man of unclean lips that lives amongst other people of unclean lips and and it's that conviction, that kind of conviction, uh, that that makes you want to live differently. That makes you um, aware of just what the difference between ourselves and and a holy God really is. Um, and and if you walk out of a church service, um, you know, and the preacher has has spent a, a majority of the service telling you how great you are and how you know how what a blessing you are and how god's going to use you and uh you know those those kinds of of hype up you know encouraging kind of things uh if you walk out with that then then the conviction is really not very strong in in, in my opinion i should yeah. say self-help uh, type stuff yeah and and when you but when you walk out of a service where you have heard a message that really that really you know lets you know that that you're guilty before God by his law and that the only the only way out from under that is is by the sacrifice of Jesus and and you know who who got how holy God is in, in the gap that's between us uh you know that that's what for me personally those kinds of messages and that kind of experience uh on a sunday morning is the things that that makes me uh that enhances my uh, awareness of how i'm how i'm living on monday or living on tuesday throughout that week uh, more so than when i've just been told how great i am and how much god loves me and you know how, how much he's going to bless me um, th those, those don't, those kinds of things just don't bring very much conviction. Yes. So Shane, my, the last question I'm going to ask you, and, and just tell me if it's the same answer as the previous question, but the, the role of the Holy Spirit. Um, and so, you know, the Holy Spirit in the church, uh, today, the Holy Spirit in our lives, but primarily the church, do you think we, I'm trying to investigate, or we trying to investigate what would happen to a church if they focused uh, on Jesus, uh, had him as the center, you know, passionate about Jesus, you know, obsessed about Jesus. And we, I can't help thinking that the Holy Spirit would move in a church like that and really bless it. And that, that's what kind of what we, we're thinking about. And I would be interested to know your thoughts. What do you think there would be a, a tangible presence where, how do you think the Holy Spirit would bless a church that was focused and obsessed with Jesus? Or would he? Uh, yeah, I, I definitely believe that, uh, that he would. Um, you, you know, in, in the Gospel of Matthew, uh, 
it says, ask and it will be given you, seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. And and I think the, that verse to me, you know, it comes to mind with this question that um, that when a church is 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 focused on Jesus, is seeking Him, um, that there'll be things opened to to that church, to that body of believers, and to the individuals themselves um, that that normally would not happen if you were not seeking, you know, seeking Jesus, uh, with, you know, with all your, with all your, uh, heart, your mind, your strength and everything, uh, that you was seeking him. I, I do believe that, that things that, that may be, uh, maybe lacking would be opened, uh, a greater, a greater knowledge of, of the word, uh, you know, sometimes I think uh, it's it's easy to when we think about blessings. Um, you know, sometimes we can think about the the things that we really see. Um, you know, uh, a healing or uh, you know some some churches really focus a lot on financial things and and those kinds of things. But I think I think a, one of the greatest blessings that that we could ever get is that the Holy Spirit could open our eyes to understand scripture more clearly. Um, and I, I believe the more we seek and as a, as a church, uh, as a body, uh, the more we seek him, um, the more we're on to understand scripture and the more we understand scripture, it's going to drive us to know him more. And uh, yeah, so I, I definitely think that the Holy Spirit would bless a church like that in that um, the more you seek, the more you knock, the more there's going to be open. Mm. And uh, you know, the, the, the man that's, that's faithful with a little uh, is, is given a little bit more. And, and when he's faithful with that, he's given more. And uh, I, I think those go hand in hand that, that there's some blessings. I mean, we think of blessings just as, as something, you know, great, but there's some blessings that you can't handle if if you're not in the right place with God. They would they would just confuse you. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Shane, interestingly, about the, those outwards manifestations or, or signs, uh, I was reading this morning Mark six and one uh, where it's it's about the prophet without honor when Jesus was in Nazareth, and. Verse four and five, which like struck me that it said, Jesus said to them, only in his hometown among his relatives and in his own house is a prophet without honor. And then this is what is interesting for me. Uh, it says he could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. <laughs> and I thought that's amazing. You know, when Jesus was walking the earth, a, a quiet day for him where he didn't, you know, perform miracles was just to heal a few people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it kind of reads like, like it was a little bit of a letdown that he, he only could heal a few. <laughs> and, and I know, I know we shouldn't, you know, get all crazy about, you know, the church and the Holy spirit, but I, I just yearn for that normal day with Jesus that only a few people would get healed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's a great perspective there. Uh, yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, and I, I think too when when we talk about blessings, um, and, and you know, not to go too too far off uh, onto that path because I I guess you know different different people and different churches have different ideas of what blessings are, but uh, you know every every blessing God gives is to glorify Himself is is to bring glory to him and that others might see and you know we we can we can look at uh at those few healings that that you know jesus was able to do um and, and god was glorified through those few uh but sometimes you know we we think well the holy spirit's really blessing this church because we seen um you know some something that that's you know unexplainable or or you know however we want to look at those kinds of things but ultimately every blessing uh is given to glorify god and and whether it be the blessing of a better understanding of scripture uh whether it be an, a better understanding of of the the gap between us and god um every everything that we that we see that we feel that we encounter that that glorifies God is a blessing and uh and sometimes we can overlook a lot of those things because they're not what you know what the world tells us a blessing is supposed to look like of course all right Shane and thank you for spending the so that was uh the interview with with Lance uh from uh South Africa I encourage you to go check out their site it's uh, truth is the word um I believe it's dot com uh, but you can you can Google them and, and find them. But they have a, a very biblical um, website there, a very biblical podcast. So, um, But that's going to uh, bring us to the end today. We appreciate you listening. Uh, we'll be back next week. Um, hopefully uh, both of us will be back because we all know the podcast is much better with uh, Elsie here. So, um, But until then, keep Jesus center stage in your life.